Hey friends, you're listening to Go Home Bob or You're Drunk, an irreverent media podcast. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change, it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, and if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Hey everybody, this is Go Home Bible You're Drunk, the podcast where we meditate on our evangelical upbringings and drink about it. So, my name is Justin. I, uh, I, didn't just, I didn't just grow up evangelical, I, I, I was a paid evangelical, professional Christian, if you will, for quite a while, and now I don't do that. Uh, now I just host podcasts and laugh about my trauma. So uh, I'm joined by a couple people today. First is my co-host. I'll have her introduce herself, and then we'll uh, see who else we have. Hello, I'm Tori, also former evangelical volunteer atheist, I think was the term that we decided <laughs> yeah. we liked a couple weeks ago. So I, yeah, I, I volunteer as an atheist a couple, couple hours a week, just, you know, to make up for all of the things I did when I was an evangelical. <laughs> and yeah, I like, um, I like that we actually get to answer all of the questions that we were asking that nobody was giving us answers for like that's i enjoy that so there's a small part of me that still enjoys the bible not much but a tiny part yeah just trying to get those like yeah those questions answered like i remember i was six or seven and i was asking my grandma where did satan come from like really give me the deets grandma and she was like oh from god and just left it as that like (laughs) freaked me out so we have we have um we also have a guest with us. We have a delightful guest that we've been very excited to have on. And so, April, can you introduce yourself? Tell tell the folks about yourself, and then we can we can jump in. Yes. Hello, I am the guest. I am April Ajoy. I am an ex evangelical, also formally paid nice. evangelical, nice. and I worked for the Seven Hundred Club. What? Actually, what oh my gosh! I'm glad I swallowed before you said that. <laughs> We've not had a spit take. Nice. <laughs> so if you want to know how deep I was, wow. there's a little, uh, I don't know, behind the curtain. So many questions now. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, so now what I do is kind of what y'all do is tr- I'm trying to undo all the things I did when I was being a paid evangelical. So, yeah. Yeah. April has, I think you're being modest. You have a great, a hilarious, I don't like page. Was it a page? Well, I don't know what it is. Account? I don't know. Like, an account, a, a presence, presence on the internet. On the internet <laughs> that just makes me laugh a lot. So thank you for being here. Ooh. And I think we do just have to laugh at this sometimes. And it's, yeah. it's therapy and it's healing and it's good. So speaking of laughing, 
I got no end of joy this week. We're going to have a couple of different this week's and evangelicalisms. But I just want to say whoever the public servant that got Matt Walsh's phone. I, thank you. If, <laughs> I'm going to assume they're a listener of the show. Yes. I'm just going to make that assumption right now. Thank you. I think they cloned his SIM card. I think that's actually what happened. Because um, oh. it wasn't just Twitter. It, I think it was like it was everything. All the things. Oh, I um, didn't know it went beyond Twitter. So PSA, folks, if your two-factor authentication goes to your phone, well, <laughs> just see Matt Walsh because they got his Google, his Microsoft account. Like, they got it all. So. Oh, damn. He's okay. having a bad day. But his Twitter account was hilarious. He accused Ben Shapiro of being a closeted homosexual. He, I think, came out himself. I think <laughs> he definitely became very pro-trans there for a hot minute. Nice. And it just, you know, this was the people's work. So I don't know. I, I feel like shout out to that person. Uh, Tori, do you have any more thoughts on this life-giving bit of joy we had this week? Uh, you reap what you sow, bitches. <laughs> That's in the Bible. <laughs> Did you guys see? I think just like when the in the last couple hours, Matt Walsh tweeted that he's hiring lawyers and whoever did this is going to be held responsible. And he's like, we're blessed that we can afford really good lawyers. Oh, jeez. And it's like claiming persecution. Wow. Yeah, that's what persecution is. Mm -hmm. Pretty biblical. <laughs> Open and shut case. <laughs> I mean, he's in Tennessee, so... <laughs> Who knows where that will go? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I am also in Tennessee, and it is crazy. <laughs> Y'all are having a time. Yeah. it's uh, A time is one way to put it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Whenever a conservative state is in the national spotlight, it's just usually not good for the people. In That's the, true. Like, <laughs> Depending which side you're on. I suppose. I suppose. Uh, <laughs> you're right. And then, and then you've got, I'm in Ohio, and we, it's just, it's... It's just Jim Jordan all the time here, and it's mm. that's a real problem. But yeah, so you know the public servant that that took Matt Walsh's phone and you know taught us a little lesson in cybersecurity. I think I think we need we need more of that. Um, so I I also heard um, April was telling us that Taylor Swift is a witch. Yeah. So all the rage right now in on like, these are probably more, I would say the more Pentecostal type evangelicals because they're really into like satanic panic, you oh, know, yeah. demons around every corner, bind that Jezebel spirit. So I've seen several videos and tweets and posts, and there's even a few articles about it because it's got so big that Taylor Swift's Eras tour, she does in one of her songs, she wears like a cloak and she does she has like other girls around her also in cloaks and they're like it's a ritual it's witchcraft she's performing a witchcraft ritual like in her performance and she's casting spells on her audience but this one chick in particular and she's got a decent following on instagram like I don't know, 40,000. I don't, I don't know if she's big elsewhere, but oh, she seems to like people seem to know who she is. I didn't know who she was, but she made I, I, I didn't watch it for like several days and someone had sent it to me because it was six minutes long and that just felt like a commitment. But <laughs> I knew I needed to come with something tonight. And I was like, I'm just going to watch this six minutes. Like, what on earth is she going to say in the six minutes? And I was expecting the typical, 
you know, like she's wearing red, it's Satan, which which that was in there. The, co- but, the color of the then- Republican Party, by the way. <laughs> Right. So, so I watched the six minutes and it, I am rarely shocked. And this surprised me because it kept getting crazier. So, so she says that not only was the one song a ritual, but that the entire heiress tour is a say, uh, like a witchcraft ritual and that not just her performances, but also her songs and her influence are putting spells on people that admire her and watch her and blah, 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 blah. She said in her opening arrows to her, she jumps into this water. It's not like actual water. It's like an effect. Mm -hmm. And she was like, water is a big symbol that they use in paganism. (laughs) 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 Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. And then she said, this is also mocking the baptism that we have in church. Somehow. Because, somehow. because water is a big symbol in paganism. <laughs> yes. Yes. She also wanted to warn everyone that you have now paid thousands of dollars to be, quote, spell casted upon, end quote. Um, <laughs> here is the, here's where it gets crazier, though. Oh. Um, then she brings in, like, Freemasonry and the occult into it. And she says that apparently the number 33 is really big Mm. in masonry and that the, the seeing eye and like the new world order imagery on the dollar bill was added on the dollar in 1933 to prove that 33 is a big number. Did you guys also know that Taylor Swift is 33 right now? And so this means that the world has aligned perfectly with these 33 numbers and the heiress tour is now part of a larger quote Masonic scheme to initiate you into the new world order and out of God's order. End quote. Taylor Hmm. Swift has that power, huh? Yeah. It all, um, it somehow gets crazier. Um, (laughs) She also said that Taylor, she, she asked a question. She's like, Taylor Swift fans, let me ask you this. Have you ever had, menstrual issues you're having issues with your cycle issues with fertility sex drive hypersexual that is because taylor swift channels goddess deities in her songs and then casts them onto you so Mm -hmm. she channels um, them and casts them okay okay i'm just trying to keep up channels the goddess deities she didn't say which ones oh of um, course she said the great goddess, which I don't know why the great goddess would want to cause menstrual cycle. She didn't give that information. Menstrual cycle she just, issues. She just said it. So you could, if you're having fertility issues, it could be Taylor Swift's fault. So if you're hyper fertile, infertile, hypersexual, not sexual, or anything right. in between, it's because of Taylor Swift. Yes. Okay. It very well could be, according to this, this woman. Yes. And then she also said, she's saying this because she knows, as a former Taylor Swift fan herself, she thanked Jesus for delivering her from the bondage that Taylor, quote, Taylor Swift's sorcery put her in. So yeah, but but don't worry. And also, just so you know, she said this at the very end of this video, that if you think she's reaching and that it's a joke and you don't believe her, mm-hmm. that's because you're under Taylor Swift's spell. Okay. Well, so. consider me spellcasted upon. Oh, I 
This is incredible. I don't know. I don't even know where to start. There's so so much. There's so many levels. There's so many levels. I like. I definitely (laughs) remember that era of Christianity for me. Oh, I didn't mean to say era. That time in Christianity when I was like the Taylor Swift slip. No, when it was like there were demons (laughs) around every corner. Yeah. Yeah. And like inside random bookshops, and like don't go to that street corner because you never know. So I definitely, I definitely remember that, but these, these folks go a lot farther than I ever did in terms of trying to like break it down and like crack the code. You know, Justin and I have talked about the Bible code on here. Mm-hmm. I like, I believed that low key. I don't remember like doing any real research on it. I just remember being like, oh yeah, that's cool. If that's in there, I don't, I, I can't read Hebrew. I don't fucking know. And yeah, that was like I was, I was raised Pentecostal, so absolutely, like all of this makes total sense. But I think that I, I suspect that they are now realizing that if they go full, like everything is witchcraft, evangelical mom on the interwebs, that like they'll get a ton of plays. Yeah, like they will get so much attention, and because like there was there was like Halloween mom. What was that bullshit that was happening like right before Halloween? <laughs> she was oh, like the hocus pocus yes, lady, the hocus yeah. pocus lady who said that she had demons coming in through her screen because uh, into her house through her screen because that's hocus pocus. Uh, that's how demons get mm-hmm. around. There were no demons before television screens existed. But that's how Legion moves about these days mm-hmm. so through the television yeah. screen. Screen to screen. Those pixels. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> better, it's a better mode of travel oh. than pigs, I guess. Okay, I did go. I did go <laughs> and look. Well, it's a faster mode of travel than pigs. I did go and I searched like Taylor Swift. I don't even remember what it populated with. I was like Taylor Swift witchcraft era tour was like what filled in, but nothing comes mm. up. So I'm kind of curious about all of this. Anyway, all that to say, it's weird that like perfectly... I don't want to use ableist language. It's weird that like perfectly normal ish people like normal adjacent people with like all of, all of their faculties in place are just like, believe this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like totally normal right. people. Yeah. I mean, this girl looks totally normal and she is so sincere. Oh, I like, bet. I just want to give her a hug. I'm like, it's okay. <laughs> like, honey, no, <laughs> you can calm down. Yeah. And I just love the circular reason of mm-hmm. like circular mm-hmm. reasoning of like mm-hmm. Taylor Swift is a witch. And if you don't believe me, it's because you're under her spell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, those are the only options. Yeah. It's just. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, this, this made it all the way onto like religion. Well, no, this was in 2020. Sorry. This would have been when Evermore came out, I think. If you search on Facebook and TikTok and Twitter, there's a bunch of stuff that comes up and it's like article not like main news sources but like those yeah the like bored panda ones you know not that one but like in that realm yeah like not cnn bored panda adjacent yes (laughs) yeah well and i mean even like this this article i just pulled up was from like 2020 but even then it's like religion news service is like interested in taylor swift's witchy vibes like i just Hmm. i why who who was the writer for that the writer for that one i'm just i'm kind of curious that was emily mcfarland miller i don't Um, know who that is i'll see yeah i don't know who it is but it's interesting like 
like Taylor Swift gets that, but then like there's Florence Welch, who's like pretty much a straight up witch and no one like it's like it's only the secret witches that they're after, I guess is what I'm saying. Like Stevie Nicks. No one's like, oh, you know, like Stevie Nicks is going to put a spell on you because we all know she is like it's <laughs> it's like so the people that are like it's like this really weird like Venn diagram of like seems witchy but says they aren't that those are the ones that evangelicals are like they're a witch but the mm-hmm. the artists that are like no i'm straight up into the occult like like, like those no just, you're not yeah not you're not a real witch if you say you're a witch like <laughs> i don't know uh, and and can oh. i just say evangelicals have no clue about witchcraft like i remember like harry potter came out you know back in the the semi innocent days of that literature like I remember in college, like dudes telling me, like, "No, there are real spells in that. <laughs> yeah, they're real, real spells. spells." And then I'm, and then I'm like, "I'm reading this then." <laughs> like, <laughs> like I want to learn how to turn into a cat. Thank you very how much. Many of, <laughs> like, how many of these spells did you try to know that they were real? Yeah, like, like pretty I'm sure Expelliarmus is made up. <laughs> <laughs> She she like kind of she just butchered a bunch of words and like shoved in some Latin. like yeah English up into Latin and was like this is this is good enough. <laughs> I'm getting a really weird flesh puppet imagery of shoving <laughs> English words into Latin. <laughs> it's witchcraft, okay? You wouldn't understand. That's true. It's witchcraft. So like everything everything popular is witchcraft. Everything that says it's not witchcraft is witchcraft. I don't know. I have a question for both of you. I'm wondering if they're doing this more just because they have access to like a fucking screen and the internet, or if there's some aspect of this that they're like, we're losing the culture war. We need to like really do a deep dive into like the demonic forces that are tearing this country apart or whatever. You know, I kind of, I I just, I wonder if, there's a piece of it that they actually feel like they're doing some sort of spiritual warfare by posting this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, there is like a ton of stuff on Facebook. I'm just like, oh, like, Facebook. Like, I don't but, think I'm not logged in this year. Good for oh, you. Well, yeah, that's a that's a feat. But I'm like, I'm just I've just looked through the Taylor's Swift witchcraft or whatever, and it's it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. There's a guy on Facebook. I don't know who he is. I'm assuming a pastor. He had like 108,000 followers, which I think is pretty good on Facebook. But he also made a video about Taylor Swift from like a week ago. And he said that same thing with her heiress tours, basically. But then he was like, but if you even go back to her song Blank Space, which is like eight years old, it's a song about the ritual that she performs on men. Hmm. Being attractive. Like, I don't... (laughs) And then he's like, and then he like tells all of his followers, he's like, comment right now, all caps, say repent, and then tag Taylor Swift. Like, like, what is that going to do? Isn't that also a ritual, (laughs) my dude? Like, (laughs) like that's, 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 I mean, we've already said the editorial position of this podcast is that Christianity is state sponsored witchcraft. Like we're, you know, it's its own brand of witchcraft. It's just, you know, it's it's the OK one, I guess. But it's yeah, all this weird. Yeah, because they like they have their followers do rituals to protect against Taylor Swift's witchcraft. Like our witchcraft is better than your witchcraft or I don't like I don't. 
I mean, they wouldn't call it. They fucking drink blood every week. Come on. How do you get any more witchy than that? True. (laughs) Communion is about the witchiest thing you can do. It kind of is. It kind of is. It's like this symbolizes blood. Drink it or you'll die. Especially if you're Catholic and then you believe it. It like literally Literally. turns into blood. Mm -hmm. I remember when I first found that out, I was like, you believe this literally turns into blood. They're like, yeah. How many how Why? many Christs like it have, does. how many Christs have been drank in the last two thousand years? There was a comedian that oh, I forget his name. I, I I do want to attribute this to someone, not me. I I don't remember their name, but he was talking about people like are are like, why are you so into heavy metal? He's like, that's because I was raised Christian, man. Like it's the most metalist fuck religion. Like eat my flesh, <laughs> drink my blood. Look at this dead man on a stick. Like, you you know, like it's metal as fuck. Like, so like there's, there's a lot of witchiness in Christianity and, you know, I I feel like they need to embrace that. I I feel like the Pentecostal side of Christianity has definitely embraced that. They just don't know it. Oh yeah. Bethel. Yeah. Like grave soaking and all the other weird (laughs) stuff they do. The glitter that's allegedly the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I I was talking to a guy that, again, like very intelligent man, like and his wife, too, like very smart people, like just completely normal. And he's like, yeah, I was at Bethel when the spirit showed up. Which one? "Uh Uh-huh. And he's like, yeah, there was like glitter in the air and like God just kind of appeared. I'm like, I feel like there was just glitter in the air, my man. Like, but. I don't know. Has anyone else heard about this glitter? Oh, shimmering? Yes. I've heard of the, glitter. the shimmering yeah. or whatever that happens the, there. I like I don't even remember if it was the same church, but I remember there was talk about like there people were finding gemstones on the floor. I think they were mm. put there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> by God. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they were put there by God during. Yeah. During their little uh, prayer meetings. Because God has time for that, but not, you know. God has time not, to put like an, an emerald <laughs> on the floor at Bethel, but not like food in people's mouths, you know, like, correct. I mean, God's, yeah. God's ways are higher than our ways. What can you do? What can you say? Yeah. Maybe the best thing for that moment in time was for God to put a gym yeah. stone on the floor of a church in California. It's like a leprechaun or something. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's where the pot of gold is. Is uh-huh. where Bethel yeah. is located. It's in that ch- in that church office. Yeah. Yeah. In the vault. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I this is a bit out of left field, but it it I think it tracks like this whole yeah, this like arbitrariness of God and like God being like, well, his ways are higher than our ways. It's like I think because when I think about like ethics and we look at a lot of things that evangelicals do and we're like, it contradicts like, you know, they like want to they like don't want any abortions, but they want like a gun in the hand of every baby. Like, and how is mm-hmm. this? This con- this is so contradictory. Like, I think it's I think it's because this is my theory that they have no ethical framework. They just have this like cobbled together list of divine mandates that like have to be followed and that they contradict this is where it ties in that they contradict is like a feature not a bug Mm, like it it doesn't make sense that's because it's from god 
Like if we had well, a cons- if, if everything made fen- sense, why would you need faith? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. See, yeah, you, yeah. Like, so that's one. like, like, cause, cause what happens is, you know, I'll see people be like, you know, how is this consistent? This isn't a consistent ethical framework or whatever. And I'm like, I actually think that that's not how we're going to convince them, I guess is really what it, like convincing them like, Oh, your ethic isn't consistent. They're like, of course it's not. It's God's ways, not mine. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. I, it's, it's especially interesting. Like all the people that are into apologetics and like defending the Bible yeah. from like science and facts and evidence and all this stuff. But then like, they always hit a road where they can't explain it. And then they're like, God's ways are above our own. It's like always just like the fallback instead of pushing deeper and be like, actually, this doesn't make sense. Maybe I should follow this trail. Like, nah, nah, that doesn't make sense. And I'm just not going to touch it because I can't because I have a finite mind. And God is infinite. (laughs) (laughs) And he also wants me to not use my mind. Yes. Mm -hmm. Wants me to have faith. He wants me to use my mind to make fun of these atheists, but not to actually. Let people know that Taylor Swift is a witch. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. like the most sellouty witchy thing you could possibly do. Like, can you imagine being an actual fucking witch and then being like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna have like millions of people come to these shows I'm putting on." <laughs> Seems very antithetical to the whole like, you know, I'm gonna cast spells onto them, right, and give them really hyper sex drives for fun. Mm-hmm. Sounds terrible, Taylor. <laughs> please do not do that. Yeah, please don't. What does she get out of that? Yeah, what, yeah, what is what is the does she get paid? Mind control. Like, Mind the, control. She the, gets it's like she has the one ring, right? And then she's like hmm. just putting, you know, she's putting all the glitter out on all of the people and then she can control them. By making them want to have sex. Because mm. humans don't just naturally want that. <laughs> no, that's because of Taylor Swift. <laughs> Taylor Swift is the sex drive of the world, I guess. She holds all that key. Like the keys to mm-hmm. your sex drive. This is, this is, I feel, I feel like some evangelical pastors would actually do well knowing this. To be honest, maybe if they let their wives listen to Taylor Swift, they'd, they'd get some more often. Oh my gosh. See, hey. But, okay, so <laughs> not to bring up Harry Potter again, but <laughs> it comes up like every fucking episode. It Justin. actually does. I both, this, again, this, it feels relevant. So, again, when the whole thing came out, it was like J.K. Rowling's evil. Like, she's mm-hmm. evil, she's a witch, she's coming to get us. And then, on a long enough timeline, now she's like the Christian hero for standing up or whatever, you know, her turfy nonsense. Because she's a turf. Yeah, because she's a turf. At Taylor Swift, it's going to be the same thing. She's a witch, she's terrible now. But, like, give her a long enough time, and evangelical pastor's going to be like, listen, my man, you get your wife listening to Taylor Swift. She's doing <laughs> the Lord's work. You know, <laughs> sure. I mean, Taylor literally called like says she's Christian too, which is just the well. I mean, the yeah, but fun irony. Isn't in it that all. isn't that what you say though? Just like when you grow up in the South, generally speaking, don't I most mean, people probably. like culturally claim Christianity? I don't know. Yeah, but did y'all watch? Did either of you watch her documentary on? Uh, I think it's on Netflix. Like Americana, I think is what it's called. Mm-mm. I watched one Came out a documentary. Years ago. I don't know if it was that one or not. Oh, I know. There's a moment in there where she's talking about it was like the first time she publicly came out 
to endorse a Democrat mm-hmm. in Tennessee. Um, it was against Marsha Blackburn when she was running. And like in her little speech, she's like tearing up because I think her dad was trying to get her not to because he didn't want her to alienate like half of her fan base. And she was like, but it's the right thing to do. Like she claims to be a Christian and she's doing all this stuff. She's like, I'm a Christian too. And my beliefs go against everything. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I do think she like, mm-hmm. I don't know. She seemed like she had thought it through a little more than just like, being like, oh, I'm a Christian because everyone around me is Christian. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. She's a Christian but witch. Anyway, but she's also a witch, so. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I so. do enjoy Christian witches, to be honest. Hey, you know. Didn't know that was a genre of thing, but when I found out it was, I was like, oh, this is actually kind of delightful. Yeah. Yeah, I've I, they've tried to recruit me. I don't know why. They're like, hey, you should, because <gasps> I still, still say me. I'm a Christian. So they're like, you need to be a Christian witch. I'm like, Ugh. I mean, I'm already called a witch, so. Uh-huh. There you uh-huh. go. Combine May it. as well. May as well. You're one of like then like what three Christians we've had on this show. Yay, go me. <laughs> That's awesome. We don't have a problem with Christians. It just it's hard to convince Christians to come on this show sometimes. So thank I, you. Yeah. Oh well, thank you. <laughs> sorry, sorry to disappoint. No, didn't you're know not you disappointing. No, it's not at all. I just I I <laughs> was thinking and I was like actually I think you, between you and Mason Menenga, like I don't know that we've had any other Christians on the show, but. You know, we don't have a problem with Christians at all. Just, you know, most of them. Yeah, there's some that, I mean, I have problems with some of them. No problems with Christians, just most of them. Just like the white evangelical flavor. Yes, yeah, which is Uh having its historical moment. And hopefully that historical moment passes soon enough. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Well, we're going to perform a little uh, witchcraft ritual to capitalism. We're going to take a little break for an ad. And hopefully it'll serve you up with like Joe's occult supplies and a Nissan. Uh, That was a really good segue. I'm pretty impressed. Oh, thank you. So we're going to take a little break and then we'll get back and we're going to talk about Esther because why not? First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change, it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, and if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Hey y'all, thanks for putting up with our little witchcraft slash capitalism thingamajig that we do every episode if you would like to listen to the episode without constantly being bombarded with ads all three of them maybe um you can listen on patreon you can sign up for a patreon it's just patreon.com slash go home bible and you can there's all kinds of like little little goodies anybody who signs up can hang out on our discord and also if you sign up at the youth pastor tier, you get a life verse, which is delightful. You can't get rid of it because we're witches and that's how witch rules work. That yeah. was hard to say. Anyway. If it's hard to say, it's witchcraft. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Man, I didn't I didn't practice my spells this morning. God damn it. Also, if you can't do that, text this episode to a friend that you think might enjoy it or you can leave a review i mentioned last time we like just passed 100 reviews on on apple Podcasts, and i was very happy about that 
And I don't think any of them are mine. <laughs> I don't remember. I review it every time I listen. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> That's why our average is so high. Uh, Justin's counteracting all the trolls that give us one star reviews without actually listening to it. Well, I think we said early on, if you give us a one star review, that's awful. Don't ever do that. But if you did, I want to see the manifesto. Like, don't do a one star review and walk. Like, uh-huh. I want to know why. State your beef. State your beef. State it well. And be prepared for it to be read. <laughs> we make no no promises about the privacy of your, uh, your yeah. reviews. We will keep your identity secret, but your words, no. So you got to earn that one star. You got to earn it. But we're really only accepting five-star reviews at this time. Yeah. Yeah. For the time being. Correct. So we're going to talk about Esther. I think we talked a little bit about Vashti at one point. Um, we did. Yeah. When but, Transvangelical was on. But we haven't really talked about Esther. Because Esther is God's perfect blueprint for uh, a marriage, I think. Um, or hmm. a beauty pageant or something. I don't remember. Beauty pageant slash group marriage. Yeah. So hmm. I think I think for a drinking game, anytime you maybe have a memory that comes up and maybe if this story was presented to you as romantic and you realize that's deeply problematic, why don't you just take a drink? <laughs> because <laughs> I think you're going to need that. And if you don't drink, that's fine. Take a drink of water, do a push up or a burpee, anything to help you forget that <laughs> this was presented to you as normal. <laughs> Actually, I, I'll just let. Tori and April take it away because this was definitely a story more targeted toward mm. I think female presenting folks I yeah I think so too and I was thinking earlier today like why were they teaching us this like what did they want us to learn and I don't ever remember April maybe you do I don't ever remember it being like super clearly articulated there was the piece about like Esther being brave and like going before the king even though it was against the law um, and she was risking her life to do that so that she could save her people and that was very noble that probably in my head that somehow got tied in with like Corey Ten Boom and the Nazis, stuff like that. So <laughs> did you make that connection or did someone make that? For no, you? it was just I was being taught these same. I was being taught okay. all of this at the same time of like, you have to be brave and like you've got to take a stand for, for Jesus and like protect not Jewish people or trans people or black people or mm, guns. And that it was just it was just like, but but why? <laughs> it was, however. One of the best up there with Joseph's coat of many colors. One of the best coloring pages that we got in Sunday school was. Mm. I imagine. Yeah. The outfits like. Uh Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. The the main message that I remember. First of all, I'm pretty sure they told this story in every single women's event I ever went to. It was like this or Naomi. It was like Mm -hmm. back and forth. But I, I remember it was always. Now, you just never know why God would put you in the situation. So you've got to be prepared for your such a time as this. <laughs> Are you in a such a time as this? <laughs> what is God saying your such a time as this is? And so, like, I have so many notes of being like, what is my such a time as this? <laughs> <laughs> would make no sense to oh. anyone listening who did not grow up in this context. Yeah. But it, it fits. Yes, there was even a song. Did you guys ever hear like there was like a praise and worship song? I vaguely remember this. Like, yes, for, for such a time, time yeah, as for this. For such a time as this. Yeah, I don't know if I've heard it, but 
I believe it 100%. The, the, the hook was for such a time as this. Just going to spoil that right now. That was the chorus. I think that was the verses too. Yeah. And it's, it's weird because it's, yeah, there's the beauty pageant, which I don't, I don't know why. Like, I mean, I remember having like as a youth pastor and even as like a, like a regular old pastor, like women saying like Esther was their favorite story. And I'm like, why? Mm. (laughs) Like she's, she's, plucked up and like given like a year of beauty treatments or whatever i don't know how how long it was and for one night with the king like there was even a movie like one night with the king that was like like i I think i think there was like a i think some girls at my youth group and like one of our volunteers they were gonna like have like a sleepover or something and watch this i was like that's weird (laughs) like y'all can do that but why i don't like one night with the king like you realize what they're doing (laughs) well and i think there was like this underlying message too of like once she's picked out of this like line of women to then marry the king and spend her time with the king that's like oh girls as long as you grow up and like you present yourself well and you're a good like godly woman and you put out for your husband Mm -hmm. then you're such a time as this will come and you can ask your husband for that thing yeah that you need and he'll give it to you because you've been a good girl whoa Um, yeah because it does say that um i forget what the exact line is i i didn't write it down but like it said that she performed very well she impressed the king like right so and then he's like she was i don't think they were playing scrabble no I, I don't think there was a lot of intellectual endeavor involved. In- Probably not, because he would have felt insecure about that. Yeah. Mm. He wouldn't have picked her. Clearly not a critical thinker to, like, basically be duped by a guy named, like, Haman. Like, the most villainous <laughs> name in the Bible, you know? Like, obviously a villain. Haman. Yeah. He's, he's building a gallows bigger than any, like, anyone else. He has the biggest gallows. His name Does is Haman. Whole- Clearly okay. a villain. But can we can we just let's back up just a tiny little bit really quickly. King Hasuerus, like this guy knew how to fucking party. And so he would spend like half the year like blacked out the fuck drunk. True. <laughs> so True. we just got to keep that in context. You know, I'm just I'm just not trying to split hairs here. He was just a party animal. Persian did not Kings know what was happening. Did party all. pretty hard. <laughs> Persian Kings mm. did party pretty hard. <laughs> Yeah, possibly harder than anyone on Earth up to that point. I'm not going to yeah. say no. That's fair. <laughs> I wonder if Aster also partied because that part was left out of the story. It was, but yeah. he, I mean, he didn't really call for her very often. Um, mm. He probably had a lot of people. To, it's like he's got a rotation, so no one gets jealous. <laughs> you got to be on the schedule. You know, like come on, girls, let's go the, out to the moon so we can sync up our cycles. Yeah, he's got the polyamorous <laughs> Google Calendar deal going on. Like he's so yeah, he just it, it's such a strange and like yeah, because he has the uh, uppity wife Vashti who like tells him no over a basic thing, and he gets all mad that he like creates this whole beauty pageant where he I, I don't know how many women there were, but you know he just like I'm gonna just go. Fuck women for a hundred nights straight. How do I? How do I make this happen? Like, um, he picks Esther, and then just kind of she just like chills and isn't summoned for a long time. And then yeah, and then her such time as this comes, and 
Is it like he had to either raise his golden scepter or not raise I it? I think it was like she had to, yeah, he had to raise it so she could touch it, I believe. And then if, and then she was allowed then, to speak. Yeah, but if she, he didn't, she, she could like, die, there's, right? Yeah. Like, There's so many. It's either symbolism or euphemism or both. So as long as his golden scepter is in the air and she's able to touch it, um, I think she can get what she wants. There's some Christian marriage. There's some Christian but if he marriage didn't, advice. Though, she could be killed. Was what I was talking. Yeah, like, yeah you don't go yeah. before the king if you're not summoned or you die. Yeah, you could die. Right. So this is yeah. why she starts summoning him. So she. This is like interesting, right? Because she like knows. She knows after. Well, I'm jumping ahead, but she knows that, that her husband likes to fucking party. Yeah, she figures it. <laughs> she out. She like got that memo. <laughs> this is how you win this guy. I don't know why it's so hard for everybody else, but. I do think it's interesting, though, that Esther is the only book of the Bible where God is not mentioned at all. Like, other than, like, the vague, for such a time as this, like, maybe destiny kind of language, like, God it makes no appearances at all. Like, I find mm. that interesting. Like, yeah, almost sure. like, we are a people that are fucked, and we just got to figure out how to survive. Hmm. So these are all the ways we're going to figure out how to survive. We've got, like, her uncles, like, you know, working for the king. And she's Mordecai. and she's working the king, and just we got to figure this. We got to figure out how to live. So it's like, and I've actually heard some conservative dude bros. I was look like Thea bros, like that actually have a very dim view of Esther, like that she sold out, that she should have, that she should have not put out for the king. Oh my god! You know, like these are the same people that would say Bathsheba like had it coming. Oh yeah, like that that Venn diagram is a circle. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> Just general hatred of women, especially the women that made it into the Bible. Yeah. How dare they? That's a man's book <laughs> for a man God with a penis. Yeah. Even though the book's name is Esther. <laughs> actually. Ag- well, actually. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like, I don't know. It's just, it's so pro. Like, I guess here's my question. In, if, why is it not? in evangelicalism and this white evangelicalism, why is this book not seen immediately as deeply problematic? Cause it doesn't seem that hard to me to go like, yeah, this, this is not a love story. Like this is not good. From what I, from what, Oh God, this is all getting jumbled up in my head. I was going to say from what I recall, there was a moment when one Marcus Driscoll was saying mm-hmm. that Vashti was sitting against yeah. Ahasuerus yeah. for not complying with his, yeah. his drunken ass. Wow. He, that, that, like, I remember that episode we did. Like, dude was drunk. Like, because I remember we were talking about that. He was, it was a 180 day banquet yeah. in fucking Persia. Like, do you understand the amount of substances that were consumed in a six month period? Like, how these people didn't die. He's like a medical miracle. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure yeah. this was a last man standing situation. <laughs> it was oh a competition just in the form yeah. of like how many like psychedelics can we get into our bloodstream <laughs> without walking into traffic? Mm. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was I wasn't I I don't remember it. I remember the romance being taught a little bit, but it was less portrayed to me as a love story and more as 
obedience to God. Yeah, mm. totally. And and like being brave and doing this. It was supposed to be like an empowering girl power story. But when you actually like look at what's happening, it's like, oh, no, it's this is just a girl that was picked by the king as a wife to sleep with who like was subjugated and, and still and she like was, was just she was she died. just like yeah. <laughs> yeah no he had his little he had his little roster and his like polyamorous google camp calendar and you know it's like what i said when we kind of first started talking about this is like it doesn't seem like he they were interacting very often it just seems like she was the one with like the nice house yeah like <laughs> that it, seems to be the difference between her mm-hmm. and all of the other people on the list yeah i mean she made varsity but it's a big team. It's a big team. You know, so it's, yeah. it's I mean, I think if I'm going to try to spin something positive, like, I mean, it, it is, I mean, the story of the Jewish people trying to survive, you know, in, mm-hmm. in a culture that was foreign and alien in a lot of ways and the things you have to do to survive. But that's not like a story that we go like, yay. <laughs> You know, like <laughs> it's just more like, wow, that that's that's some drama. That's awful. In in yeah. Jewish culture, do either of y'all know, like, is that is the Esther story viewed as something that actually happened or is it more of like a metaphor? Like, do they view, use it more of a metaphor? I think probably amongst I'm not going to speak for all Jewish people, but I think it's more of I think a lot of those exile stories are seen now as like this is this is a slice of life kind of story of like how we, how we survive, but not necessarily historical. Like, I mean, there, um, there's no record mm. of an Esther, you know, there's not like, you know, I, I would think that if these things actually happened, there would be some record somewhere. Maybe not. I mean, this, this dude was burning through wives though. He did. He did. And, and, and <laughs> typically this kind of King doesn't like check out my wives posterity, <laughs> right. you know? Right. So right. I, I don't know that it's seen as like a literal story. I, I generally my understanding, and I, I'm not going to again speak for all Jewish people is I think they just hold the Bible a lot more loosely than white evangelicals do. Oh yeah. I mean, I was definitely taught that this was, this was like history and this mm-hmm. happened word for word. Yeah, this was his. Yeah. I was taught this was history. It's more accurate than any other history book, you know, mm-hmm. because it's the Bible and it's not wrong. God wrote it. God wrote it. And it's not wrong because it's the Bible and anything mm-hmm. different. And that actually blew my mind because like when I actually I took a biblical archaeology class in undergrad and then I was did a bunch of like Old Testament stuff in my seminary. And it's like when you look at like archaeology of the Levant, like there were a lot of gods around. People were pretty polytheistic for most of their history. And just a lot of the things that just archaeology doesn't really archaeology confirms some things in the Bible like. Like we can actually reasonably say there was a King David now, but that's really all mm-hmm. you can say because there's inscriptions with a King David on it, but there's not like what he did. There's not, that doesn't exist or it's just lost to time, I should say. So there's just so much that's lost to time. I mean, yeah. So people that say the Bible is historically accurate. Like there's a lot of, I, I can't necessarily not prove that, <laughs> but it's also like, also can't prove it either. I'm right. Okay. Justin. Yeah. You brought something up that I'm 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 really I'm really salty about still. I don't know why I think about this still, but I do. But you know, whenever whenever there was a new archaeological discovery that was like evidence of something in the Bible, my mom thought this was the coolest thing ever. Not just my mom, right? But 
like this came up. Like this is because, you know, half of our schooling was the Bible. So <laughs> it was brought up in, in, you know, whatever, some sort of historical context of like, look, this thing was found and this proves that like David was a real person and this thing was found and it proves that like Peter was a real person. And, you know, it's like if there's, if, you know, if there, and I'm like, there's, but most of the stuff has no proof or evidence at all. And she was like, well, we just, you know, you just have to wait because they're uncovering new things every day. But mm-hmm. that exact same logic applied to like evolution doesn't hold. That's evidence that it didn't actually happen because they're finding new stuff every day. So they're being inconsistent. Oh, yes. <laughs> so did you guys, so there's like, <laughs> when were y'all taught did you go to christian schools yeah i did yeah i was homeschooled okay. so same textbooks well, yeah. i was homeschooled and went to christian school oh, so nice. i got the best of both worlds <laughs> so like i don't know if you remember like in like my biology teacher growing up would be like she'd spend like five minutes on evolution and be like all right now here's the evolution theory the theory <laughs> of evolution yeah but it's just a theory. Yeah. <laughs> and like even every scientist will tell you it's just a theory, like really emphasize theory. But then would be like, oh, but there was a talking snake and and <laughs> like and this definitely happened. And, you know, science won't say that. And this is technically a theory, too. But we know God's word is true and blah, 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 blah. But like there would always be these little sex. Like I didn't necessarily believe this, but there were people around me that did that believed that fossils and like dinosaur bones that we, that science and archeologists had found were planted there by Satan mm-hmm. to deceive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We all taught that or that God planted it. Cause like God built, you know, created the world with age. And so just created it with dead dinosaur bones <laughs> yeah. as well. Yeah. It's only 5,000 years it old. Makes sense. But it was like, yeah. Cause I, I remember the reasoning being like, well, Adam would have been created with an apparent age. Like, because he couldn't have been created mm-hmm. as a baby, mm-hmm. so the Earth. Yes, was he could. God could do anything. Yeah, well, no, <laughs> no, we because can't. because that that wouldn't make sense. Uh, <laughs> Tori, Adam sprung up out of the mud, a full-grown man, probably. Um, so that was an apparent <laughs> age, and so the Earth was made with an apparent age, which I guess is dinosaurs. So like, which I'm like, okay, but you take that logic, like the Earth could have been all created five minutes ago and we were all (laughs) given memories of the past and you know this just started a second ago like i mean you could like sure maybe but when i use my eyes there's dinosaurs in the ground um (laughs) and what and i i need to know why Mm -hmm. i was not taught that i was a rare rare case of old earth creationism so mm. yeah I, i'd never heard that i theory. find that fascinating tori just given all the things you've said about your upbringing <laughs> that like that's the one thing they were like you know what evolution's probably fine <laughs> <laughs> i mean they definitely thought that like adam and eve were literal real people and that satan literally put himself itself into a snake's body so that it it could speak to Eve because there was no other, there are no other bodies around or something. I don't know. Oh, so that it was so that Satan could stay low on the ground so that God couldn't see him like sneaking in and out of the garden. Um, but didn't <laughs> snakes have legs then? Like, do you remember? Did you ever? <laughs> okay. They were lizards. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> there were. 
Um, that was did, part of the curse. Did you was get, the were snakes you taught this? Yeah, that snakes yeah, that was part of that was part the of the curse. And then God took their legs off. I, I think I blocked that out until this moment, <laughs> and now I'm like, wait, that sounds familiar. Yeah, you have to crawl on the ground on something. Something about crawling on the ground on your belly. Yeah, was like, part of the snake's curse. Yeah, so. doesn't really seem comparable to wow. like what what the what the human people got actually. Yeah, like well, I know like there's people that still believe that men have one less rib than women. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that is a belief that people have, and I that may is that's like may, a I may or may not have tried to count my ribs at one point to like make to see like <laughs> are they even? They're even. That's bullshit. <laughs> like, oh man. Mm. So I don't know. There's just there's so much like convoluted, contradictory stuff, and. Again, yeah, there's no ethics. I think that's I think that's why Esther gets a pass because yeah, back to kind of my point earlier, like there's no ethical framework. Like if you had an ethical framework and applied it to the Bible, you could pretty easily go like, that's a story that rocks. I like that one. Esther, mm, that's weird. That's problematic. Like we should feel like bad for her and like try to work to make like women not be in situations like that, not be like, Yep, that's ideal, ladies. This is how you get your man to do what you want. Like, you're the neck. He's the head, but you're the neck, and you get to move it around. With blowjobs, oh, I yeah. don't know. Like, <laughs> with blowjobs. Like, I don't... Like, it's just, yeah, the way they try to, like, fit it all into this, like, framework is... Uh, it's interesting and weird, but then you get, like, yeah, that, and then snakes used to have legs, I guess. They got They got chopped off by the Lord. Okay, I have a question about this about this story were either of you taught that esther withholding her jewish heritage or like choosing to not disclose her jewish heritage was like some sort of strategic move were any of you taught that? yes, yes. okay that, okay that yes was, okay yeah the strategic yeah because it was like well because you get kicked i'm like i don't i don't even understand like he knew that he'd conquered like Eighty thousand different tribes and people groups and cultures. Like I don't know that he was really that picky. The king specifically, I'm just like I don't know that he would have cared. But okay, that's right because she does like the big reveal when she right. confronts Haman. It's like he's trying to kill my people, and he's like, "I'm not. I'm trying to kill the Jews." She's like, "I'm a Jew." Yeah, and then and then you know, secret the Jew. Then- <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Oh man. Okay. Yeah. That was definitely like part of it. Cause it was, you know, that, and then there was the question of like, well, is it lying if you don't like reveal the entire truth? But again, like Justin is saying, there's no moral or ethical framework to this at all. Like it's literally all just like, it's a facade essentially. Like this looks really nice from, from the outside and um, don't ask any questions. <laughs> Like, I think it would just like depend on how you were telling the story. Like, if you read the story and you're like, hey, here's a girl who got put in like a really crappy situation that she had no control over. And but she used whatever, I don't know, her sphere of influence that she could to like protect her people and to help like make her like other people's lives better. Like, that's a that's a cool story. But that's not like celebrating. The fact that, you know, she didn't have like bodily autonomy and yeah. that she was a girl in a culture that women just didn't have rights. They could just be summoned by kings and mm-hmm. be purchased as property. Yeah. 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 But, but that's like a very like gray and nuanced view of it, which is good. Like, 
I'm like, if I would have heard that sermon or if that was at the Christian conference, that's like, yeah, we admit this is an awful situation. And yet we can also celebrate the fact that she and other people around her figured out a way to protect her people. But also, like, she didn't know that she didn't know that, like, Haman was jonesing to, like, kill off all of the Jewish people in Persia when 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 she became the queen or whatever. So I don't understand the strategery aspect of it personally. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's some plot holes. (laughs) Well, and, and I don't know if, like, Jewish people necessarily were persecuted in that time. In Persia? Specifically. Yeah. I mean, I would think that they would have been viewed as not not necessarily second class citizens in the way that we necessarily see that, but like seen as like, well, you're not Persian. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But I don't know that there was there certainly wasn't racism like we understand it today. There was not you know, just like I w- go ahead. It was definitely portrayed. I remember them making it seem like more. I feel like Mordecai was almost like the God figure in the story when it mm-hmm. was talked about. Mm-hmm. Like, like he had foresight in a sense to know that like, like he was the one encouraging Esther to do it. And like, you don't know what God's going to use you for. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I feel like I saw like Superbook or like some like cartoon version of Esther where they made it seem like Mordecai had was like spying and like overheard Haman. Oh, plans. I remember something about yeah. And yep. like didn't necessarily tell Esther, but he was like, trust me, like you'll know once you get in there. And then like being like Esther, like sneaking up aside. This is this wasn't like a cartoon version of yes. the story. Yeah. He's like, Esther, Heyman's trying to kill the Jews. You've got to go talk to the king. Da, da, da. And she's like, Oh no, I could die. She's like, You gotta do it. Mm-hmm. It's your such a time as this, and like gives a little speech. Yeah. So I think that Mordecai maybe knew, or at least that's how I was taught that like Mordecai. Yeah, but he wouldn't have been able to speak with her mastermind. Up, up until the point where you know, like once she got once she got captured, <laughs> right. taken in, like he wouldn't have been able to speak with her until after like that whole situation was over and she yeah. could like see people again because they were lo- like locked in a room basically with a bunch of eunuchs. Yeah, I yeah I think he yeah because like there is that like element of like him sneaking her information and like being like hey you know I'm her uncle it's fine you know like it's like a spy story yeah almost. yeah there is a little bit of a spy you could like in the movie you could certainly like take that kind of angle of like a spy story kind of thing um you know like like a James Bondy kind of thing except it's Esther mm-hmm. uh, you know um. So yeah, you could take that angle and and that's and that and it's it's an interesting it's a, it, it could be an interesting story. You know, it, yeah, you make a good point April. There's a lot of ways into this story that actually are much less problematic than what we were given or at least like name the problematic mm-hmm. parts and like aren't ashamed mm-hmm. to like let's lean into that for a second. But yeah, I just it, it was just such an odd and it's a it's an odd book to begin with because you have the thing with Vashti where the king's like partying, which is kind of its own little vignette. And then you've got, mm-hmm. you know, the whole Esther getting prepped for the king. That's its own little vignette. And then you've got the whole Mordecai thing. And then, yeah, like the Esther kind of summoning the king part like that's that's kind of, it's like kind of its own other little part, too. So it's it's not like there's not three acts, I guess, is what I'm saying that just make it very a very clean like. This is a this is a story. It's like this very odd kind of thing that again doesn't include God at all, but kind of like you know Mordecai slash Aslan, like surprise, I'm God <laughs> kind of thing. Um, 
So yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting book for sure. Yes, that's very yeah. odd. Like yeah, it, it's weird because there were so few women mentioned in the Bible, so you had like very few role models to choose from, and like half the women that were named were like bad. So you couldn't you couldn't be a Delilah, you couldn't be a Jezebel, even though those are like the coolest fucking names in the book. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, the you, Jezebel spirit. Yeah, you had to be pass that off. <laughs> That's what, that's what I Taylor can't. Swift I just has. got back from that's a Taylor Jezebel's Swift spirit. concert. I can't. It's too late. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Jezebel. so it was like you had you had such you had such limited options, and it's really interesting that like Esther and Ruth specifically are both kind of like in these situations that they had like no agency, and evangelicals just like romanticize the fuck out of these stories. Hmm even though like they had no real choice in the matter. It was like, Hey, you want to starve? Hey, you want to be murdered? Like do what the dude says. So romantic. So romantic. Aspirational. Oh, that's so gross. There must've been like so much poop on the floor. Cause it was like a fucking barn. That's disgusting. <laughs> Oof. Can you imagine giving a blowjob on a fucking barn floor? Oh, this is mortifying. No, I am. <laughs> Gross. Gross. Sorry. <laughs> we just managed to oh. make like 6,000 people think of that all at once. Good job. I've never imagined that before in my life. and I actually I have. have, though. I just didn't realize. I just didn't put it together. It's like they were in a fucking bar. Yeah. I mean, it was and there was mm. a lot of drunken people. Probably it was it wasn't like probably just him there either. It's probably right, like right. a lot of drunken people were there and probably a lot of other things were happening, too. Like, so um. <laughs> There's pe- you got is people, it an orgy if everybody pairs off and goes somewhere else like that's kind of like kind of the vibe I understand of the whole brushing floor drunken party thing. Um, nice. Nice. But yeah, it, here I will say this maybe, maybe to, in defense of evangelicals, not defense, but just maybe offering an explanation because there are so few women in the Bible and because thankfully human culture has changed a lot from those times. Mm-hmm. Like, the women in the Bible have to carry a lot of water for like, you know, like we need literally like we, they do that. They too. also, yeah, they, the well. they do literally carry a lot of water. Um, <laughs> kind of one of their jobs. Uh, but like they have to become role models, quote unquote, mm, for young mm-hmm. girls. And so like uh, we, we don't have any women to choose from. Uh, Esther was pretty. Uh, right. right, Esther was pretty. You know, like and that Ruth. Counts. Ruth, um, Ruth was nice. Uh, so we're gonna have to really kind of patch up a lot of this stuff, but then we can kind of present this as like aspirational to young women. Um, yeah, yeah. Whereas, that's like, true. whereas men have like the rest of the Bible. Everyone else, pretty much everyone else, and they gloss over the problematic parts of every, everyone else too. You know, like King David and everything. But it just, I was just the kind of thinking like maybe the reason these two women in particular are romanticized is because they have really the biggest roles other than Mary. And that's the, those are the people you have. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. true. We have Mary and Martha. True. I remember I, you're not supposed to be a Martha, mm. which is ironic though, because then they're always like, submit to your husband, do the chores, do the <laughs> but don't be a Martha. 
she did all that stuff and no one liked well, her. Well, Martha didn't have a husband to submit to, so she was supposed to submit to Jesus. I think that's what mm. it was. Mm. There was there was the loophole there mm-hmm. in that mm-hmm. scenario, and, yeah. And yeah. Mary was like, I can get out of chores if I just sit here and listen to Jesus. Yep. Mm-hmm. So yeah. she had it right. That also is such why why is that in there? Why is that story in the Bible? I don't know. If you go back to our Mary Magdalene episode, like that was when I'll just give a brief. Libby Schrader is a she was a actually a singer and then she was also a New Testament scholar did this fantastic work on these stories and at least one or two of the Martha stories in I think it was the book of John actually shouldn't be Martha. Like the name was changed and it was supposed to be Mary Magdalene, her theory. And it's actually very, it's actually pretty well, like, like she was summoned, I think to like the the Bible council of like old German dudes. (laughs) And Oh no! It has an actual name, but I'm just going to call it the Bible Council of Old German Dudes. I don't, I don't, I don't go, I don't go if I'm summoned to a Bible (laughs) Council of Old German Jews, German Jews, German dudes. I don't go to those (laughs) to present her findings, (laughs) and they were they were ultimately rather kind and said like, yeah, you actually have a point. And so there's debate now amongst like scholars as to whether or not future translations of the Bible will translate it this new way or at least have hmm. footnotes to be like Mary Magdalene should probably have a much larger role in the book of John. And it was magically minimized by this uh, translation error and she was turned into Martha. That's cool. So it's fascinating. So it's like Mar- yeah. Martha maybe isn't as big a character as we think she is. And it should be Mary Magdalene who was known as the tower of the church, but you know, anyway, that's a total digression. Nothing to do with this. But she, see, we could have had another superhero, I guess, for girls to look up to. Mm, and we mm-hmm, don't now. Mm-hmm. So Mary Magdalene, the wife of Jesus. I'll just mm-hmm. throw that one in there. According. Can, can we can we do an, can we do an episode on the Da Vinci Code? though? We should. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. That was banned in my household. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't I, even remember why. It was demonic in some way. Well, it's because they were saying that Jesus and Mary Magdalene had a child. And so the lineage of Jesus still existed. existed. And that was the, that was like the secret that this order is trying to protect from being extinguished. And somehow Leonardo da Vinci was involved with like a puzzle box. Mm -hmm. It's a terrible, it's a terrible, terrible book. Terrible movie. Like, yeah. They're both awful. Well, I never saw it. Wasn't allowed. <laughs> it's. I mean, it. Like, what's frustrating to me is I feel like it actually could have. They could have been really, really good, and it was just like such a half-assed effort, in mm. my opinion. I'm like, if I feel like I could write rewrite this better, like make it much, much better than what you did, then I feel like it's probably not great. Anyway, yeah, I would love to. I'd love to do an episode on all of the all the scandals surrounding the Da Vinci Code, and um. We should do that. I think before we end, Esther, um, we haven't done this in a while. And do we want to try to cast this this show? We want to cast Esther. Cast this show? Yeah. Do they have to be Christian? No, they actors? don't. Oh, absolutely not. Actors. They could be. Yeah, oh, this okay. is real actors. We don't. I mean, that means we have like Kevin Sorbo or Kirk Cameron. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you could you could cast Kevin Sorbo as the king. He would be a great. <laughs> 
drunken idiot king but no like <laughs> anyone let's just imagine we have an unlimited budget we can make a mini series and who mm. would you cast as let's do esther mordecai and the king why not um i would do nazanin Banyati for esther for sure okay um she's bronwyn in rings of power oh yes right like she's like big esther energy to me um let me see for yikes for mordecai i could definitely see like i could definitely see like nick offerman doing like a serious a more serious role and being a really good mordecai oh i could see that who was the third person justin mordecai no i just did mordecai oh you did uh the king sorry oh 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 the king okay gotta think about that one for a second maybe like a partier (laughs) but older (laughs) an old partier no. Yeah, an old partier. Oh my god! And Will so Ferrell's funny. getting up there. <laughs> <laughs> Could do like an old school. It's not very Persian, though. <laughs> it's not very I mean, Persian. but this is like, I mean, if they can cast Scandinavians as Jesus forever, <laughs> we can cast Will Ferrell as a Persian king. Mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. Who would I cast as Esther? I always keep going. I don't know why I keep going back to this actress. Probably because I probably because you like her. Probably because she's incredibly attractive. But and she's also in she was in Hunters. And I liked her energy in that Tiffany Boone. Mm. I liked her energy in that miniseries. So mm. I could see her. And she, she's a person of color, too. So I feel like we need more person of color representation generally, but also like in you know, movies about the ancient Near East. Before white people existed. <laughs> yeah. Before before whiteness was a thing. So I would say that, you know, for Mordecai, I don't know. I'm kind of lost on that one. But <laughs> I, my problem is, is whenever you say king and you think Persian king, I cannot stop thinking of Oscar Isaac. Like, mm-hmm. I just feel like, especially, man, after after the that Dune movie with that beard. With like, that beard. Yep. I just you think Persian king. I think Oscar Isaac for sure. I could say Pedro Pascal. As the Persian king. As well. I could do that. He seems really serious. Like, I, for me, it would be hard. He, it would be hard for me to imagine Pedro Pascal as, like, this hardcore partier. I'm going to say, I mean, like, I'm going to say, I, I'll put him as Mordecai, for sure. I could see that. If you watch okay. some of his, like, behind the scenes bloopers, he's definitely, like, has a comedic. He's, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he's, he's got some comedic energy. Yeah, comedic energy. I definitely, definitely, I'd have to catch that If part. we went old with Mordecai, you could go Ian McKellen, Gandalf. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. that's true. Just, like, ancient Mordecai. Yeah. <laughs> we could, I don't know, we could just kind of recast the Lord of the Rings, generally. Like, Ian McKellen as Mordecai. We could have Viggo Mortensen as the king. Like, there you go. I could totally see yep. this. Live Tyler. Live Tyler. Is Esther. <laughs> <That's> Esther. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Just totally whitewashed the whole thing. Yeah, I was actually look. I actually just looked up like Tiffany Boone, and she's thirty five, which is a fine age. But I was like, for Esther, you might want to go with a younger actress. But I, we're, we're not actually going to make this movie. So uh, I'll happy. I was seeing one of the actresses from. The second season, I don't know their names. The second season from, it's that steamy, sh- old-timey show on Netflix. The first season was really good. The second season was still good, but different. What is that show called? Dang it. 
Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't think I've ever watched any old timey shows. Old timey show. I don't. It's not an old timey oh, show. Wait, do you mean Bridgerton? Bridgerton. Oh. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. <laughs> I was like, what is it called? The second, yeah, not the well, the main actress could do it too. I don't remember her name, but the sister who had like the side role, she looks mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. she's just. I just think she's has like that innocent. She's young, yeah, and she's gorgeous. Yeah, she could play Esther totally. I'm I'm here. I think we've covered it. We have a good slate of actors <laughs> on this show, and yeah, I'm good with that. So, Yay. April, where can if you want to be found? Where could people find you? If you'd like to find me, you can find me on TikTok or Instagram and actually Facebook. I'm on there as well at April A. Joy. Um, a Joy is my middle name. So it's A-J-O-Y. Then it's just April A. Joy altogether. No, I'm also on Twitter too, but it's April A. Joy R on there because someone else has April A. Joy and it's they've been an inactive account for like 15 years and I keep trying to steal it and Twitter won't give it to me. So anyway, Mm, that sucks. I'm totally not salty about it. No, very chill. I can tell (laughs) super chill about it. (laughs) Yeah. My, my social media is like eras. That's the problem. I got it all at different times. So it's all a, all a slightly different username, but it's some combination Mm. of Justin Gentry. So you can find me Justin Gentry of some, of some type on Instagram or Twitter, some variation of that. Also, this show, Go Home Bible, You're Drunk, is at Go Home Bible on all the things. Uh, Tori, do you want to be found anywhere these days? Mm, I haven't been using I haven't been using Twitter much. I've been using my White Homework Instagram account the most lately, which is just at White Homework. I just mostly share random stats about racial disparities and poverty and neuroscience and taking care of your nervous system because all of those things go together. Your so. new stuff, Tori, is really good. I would say to everybody. You should go follow Tori. I'm uh, making a lot homework. of conservatives mad, and I'm not even looking at their comments. But this your is content is really good. I'm even more mad. Like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, they're just spinning. Like, or my uh, favorite thing is when like you have like a little one-two exchange with someone, and then you're like, I just don't have time for this. Like, right, I'm out. Right, and like, yeah. like, see, I won. Like, <laughs> no, you just exhausted me incredibly quickly. <laughs> like, like I've, if I'm. If I'm like, if I'm actually going to post something, I cannot be getting into like throwing flame, whatever flame wars with, with people in the comment section. Like I would never, never, I wouldn't even feed my fucking kids if that's what I was doing yeah. with my time. So I'm just like, I'm not doing this. <laughs> not doing yeah. it. Yeah. Well, and like the people that want to argue with you in a comment section, typically are just not worth arguing about anyway. yeah and yeah. they don't like they already have made up their mind and they they use circular reasoning and so you can't even have a conversation mm-hmm. with yeah. them typically so don't feed the trolls folks that'll be our mm-hmm. psa yeah. um, yep. <laughs> agreed don't feed the troll feed your soul all right that's it. yeah that's Ooh, it. that was good you know you can take the pastor out of ministry but you can't i don't know I don't know. I can't. I can't finish that. I'm. I'm. I'm we we went to church with my in laws for Easter, and one of the little slides on the TV was, "Nobody was expecting nobody." Talking about the tomb. Oh my god. (laughs) Oh my god. That was such so so painful. But I bet I bet people passed that all day, and we're like, yeah, like. Oh, that they one. were like, oh, that's that good. That one slaps. Oof. Yeah. Deep. That one slaps. That's good content there. 
I don't have to remember that. You know. Mm, All right. So thanks, yeah. everybody, for hanging out with us. And uh, check out our stuff. Give us a good review. Check out April's stuff. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change, it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know.